Bavabasra Perk Ches Mishnehei eight five. The topic of this mission is what happens if a person wants to adjust the way in which his heirs would inherit him. So he wants to fiddle with what the Torah's basic prescribed system is. So a few things you have to note to understand this Mishnah. Uh, the first is uh, there's a rule which says that one who is masna al of b'Torah, one tries to make a stipulation against what the Torah said, uh, says his tanai, his uh, stipulation is simply bottle. It's it's not significant. So the Mishnah is going to say if a person says, "I want my inheritance to work in such a way that I want my daughters to inherit the same as my sons," that just is meaningless, halakhically meaningless. Okay, uh, the second thing you need to understand is that um, we have a dindarabanan unrelated to this topic directly, uh, which is that if a person's on his deathbed and he is afraid that he hasn't sorted out his financial affairs, so he wants to try to fix things up now. So the rabbi said that even though normally to transfer ownership requires a Kenyan, of course, some sort of you know formal act of, of uh, transference, a Misa Kenyan, um, the rabbis were lenient and said that a person's simple verbal statement should work as if it were a formal Kenyan if he's making the statement on his deathbed. And the idea is that we're concerned that a person would feel anxious that he hasn't sorted out his affairs, and then that anxiety, that nervousness, that upset will cause him to die sooner, which we don't want to happen, God forbid. And therefore the rabbi said, don't worry, what you say is going to go so you can stay nice and calm. And Be'ez Hashem, then the person will uh, will be calm and actually recover. And this is in the topic to discuss what happens if they recover and um, are their wishes um, still fulfilled and so on. That's not for right now. That's other Mishnayos. But that being the case, our mission is going to differentiate between two kinds of things. We're going to differentiate between when a person says he, after he has died, the system, the allocation of the Arusha should be different from what the Torah prescribes. And the Mishnah is basically going to say that's not going to work. Uh, you'll see more details in a moment. Uh, the other point of the Mishnah is going to say that if a person is giving a gift in his lifetime, so then that will work because a person can gift whatever he wants, however he wants. It's his stuff. He can do what he wants with it. Okay, so uh, with that in mind, says the Mishnah. If a person says, it's not a deathbed statement, it's a regular statement, that he says, listen, I have multiple sons, but I want them to inherit equally. I don't want my oldest son, my Bukhor, to get a double portion. Or if he says, Or a person says, you know, I have three sons, but one of them is a no good nick. I just want the two older ones to inherit, and the youngest one, forget him. Lo Amar Klum, says the Mishnah, that's halakhli non-consequential because you can't do that. He's trying to make a stipulation regarding how the Yerusha should work, which is contrary to how the Torah says it should work. So therefore his statement is simply meaningless. On the other hand, if it's if a person is apportioning out his property to his children, meaning with his mouth. So this you have to understand in the context of a person who's on his deathbed who is now, you know, employing that rabbinic uh, leniency of being able to transfer ownership just the verbal statement. So that's what he's doing here. But the point is he's gifting in his lifetime. And since he's gifting in his lifetime, that's going to stand. So then, says the Mishnah, or if he's going to, so if he says, for example, you know, I have two sons, um, but I want one to get 90% and one to get 10%. Or if he says, or he says, listen, I have three sons and one of them is a Bechor, but I want them to inherit equally, equal thirds or something. In those kind of cases, if he says it that it should take effect now while he's alive, so then, Devar of Kayaman, 
if he's giving his a gift during his lifetime, then his words stand. But if he says it should be in the way the Yerusha should work, effectively taking effect after he dies, then he hasn't said anything at all. So let me clarify. Um, the word to, to have an inheritance in Hebrew, like in English, doesn't necessarily mean through the mechanism of inheritance. What I mean by that is this. It would be very coherent to say, I'm giving my kids, my kids, you know, my boys, my girls equally right now so that they each have an equal share in their inheritance. So that, that sentence isn't exactly precise, right? Because being gifting them now, it's, there's no inheritance to allocate at all because it's been gifted during the lifetime. But it's the kind of, the kind of way a person would talk. So our mission is going to say here, um, as long as a person is mentioning that it's working as a gift, even if he also mentions the notion of a Yerusha, an inheritance, it doesn't matter. He's intending it to be effective now and while he's still alive. And therefore, let's say, for example, when they, you know, it would be typical, although a person could simply say from his deathbed what he wants to happen verbally, typically they would um, write down his wishes. So there's a memorialization of his wishes, so everyone's on the same page and no mysteries and their witnesses and everything, you know, will go smoothly. So therefore, says the Mishnah, Kasav bein betchila bein be'emtza bein besof. Meshum Matana, if, when he, they write down what he was doing, if he says something like, you know, I'm giving a gift to my kids now so they have an equal Yerusha, or he says, I want my kids to, you know, have an equal Yerusha, so I'm giving them gifts now, or whatever it is, or I'm giving them gifts. So, as long as he mentions gifting in the statement, or in the written statement, so then, Devarav Kayamin, then his words stand, because we see clearly he wants it to take, to take effect while he's still alive, as a gift. If it wouldn't be that case, then it wouldn't be effective. Now, um, the Mishnah is now going to say what sounds kind of similar to what we said before. So no real Chiddush here in this part of the Mishnah, but you're going to see if that was two A, one A and one B, this would be like two A and two B. And here in two A, we're not we're building up to something. So there's no great new point here. It's kind of like the old points. We say how Omer Ish Ploni Bat. If a person says, "I want my friend to inherit, even though I have a daughter," meaning the daughter is ahead of him in line, or he says, "Biti Tir Sheini B'Makom Sheish Ben." Or if a person has a son and he says he wants his daughter to inherit, lo amar klum. Again, that's not a statement of any consequence. Halachically, shehisna amashakasa b'torah, because he's trying to make stipulations which are contrary to what the Torah says. Now, Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca is going to disagree with this point a bit. Okay, and his let me speak it out my own words first before we see inside the words of the Mishnah, um, because it's important to understand the halacha here because the halacha follows Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca. He holds. If we're talking about a shchid situation, a person's giving something in his deathbed, and if we say what he's trying to do is not um, adjust things uh, totally, he just is, he's not saying certain people should or shouldn't inherit um, out of not in the way that the Torah describes, except he's saying he wants to adjust quantitatively how much they inherit. In other words, for example, this fellow has, you know, 10 boys, and he says, listen, I want my favorite son to get half, and the other nine boys can split it. Or he has, you know, he has he has two girls, and he says, you know, they're the, my only heirs, but, you know, one's good to me, I want them to split it 60-40. Whatever the story is, that will be, yes, effect, this is Yorcham Rocha, because we're talking about just adjusting people who are, and this is the essential point, who are going to be getting something from the Yerusha. They're all getting something, he just adjusts how much they're getting. And he can adjust it all the way so that one particular person gets everything, even. Okay? So... That, he says, is, is true in the case of a Shkid Merah, and that's what the Mishnah says inside. It says, Rabbi Yochim Broka Omer, Im Amar al-Mi Shehu Roy Yerusha, 
if he says in the context of someone who is actually going to be getting some part of the inheritance, Devar of Kayamin, what he says, his adjustment does stand, even if it's in the context of a Yerusha, not a gift during his lifetime, as long as we're talking from a Shechibmara situation, Almisha ain't royal Yerusha, ain't Devar of Kayamin. He agrees, Yochim Broko agrees, that uh, if you're adjusting something that to try to give a gift I should say, give an inheritance to someone who wasn't in line. In other words, you say, I, want, I have children, but I want my nephew to inherit me also. No, that can't work. But if he says, I have children, they're all boys, but I want them to be, you know, want to get everything or, you know, different than equal amount, that would work. Um, worth noting that this does not apply, although the halachas like Riochim and Broka, it does not apply um, to adjusting the Bechorah, that actual, the, the double portion that goes to the firstborn, that double portion to the firstborn sticks. It stays no matter what. And the reason why is because the Torah itself, when it talks about the, the, the Psukim, there in Kitetse, when it talks about the Bechor, so it's in the context of a person had two wives, and one's a Huva, and one's Senua, he has a favorite wife and a not favorite wife, and he wants to make the older son of the, of the favored wife be the, get the Bechor, when really the real true Bechor is the, the, earlier born son of the not beloved wife. The Torah says, no, you can't do that. That You can't play favorites. The firstborn is the firstborn. So since the Pasuk says that, so even Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka agrees that um, when it comes to the Bechor, you can't um, adjust it. But otherwise you could. The last part of the Mishnah says, HaKosev es nechasev la'achirim v'hiniyaches banav masha asa asui aval ein rocham nochemenu if a person um, in his lifetime makes arrangements that someone other than his normal heirs is the one to inherit from him. In other words, a fellow has, has, has sons, but he says, you know what? My sons are no good nicks. I'd rather give it to my best friend or to my nephew. And he, he gifts it in his lifetime. Okay? So we say, Masha Asa Asui, that is yes effective. The bottom line is by giving a gift in his lifetime, it's gifted, and therefore the children will inherit nothing. means, but the rabbis are disapproving. Literally means the spirit of the rabbis don't uh, have pleasure from this or don't have you know, peace from this. The point is that this is frowned upon strongly by the rabbis because they say, listen, even if your kids are not necessarily great, but maybe your grandkids will be, and the proper order of things is that the child should inherit from his father, and uh, you shouldn't mess with that. Now, Rabbi Shem Megamel Omer, Imlo Hayu Banav Nohagen Kshura, Zachor Latov. Rabbi says to the contrary. If one's children are badly behaved to the point that, you know, it would be doing them a disservice by giving them, you know, Yerusha, so to redirect it to somebody else during your one's lifetime is actually a good thing to do, and God bless that man who did it. Um, halacha, however, follows the Tanakama, meaning indeed one ought not to cut his children out of his inheritance, even if the children aren't uh, aren't the greatest.